Welcome to another episode in our Work Woes and Work Wins series. This week, we're focusing on how to promote yourself. Given that we both were recently promoted, yay, we wanted to discuss our mindset shifts that we've experienced, how we prepare for our own promotion case, and just the overall art of advocating for yourself. When we talk about promotions, you usually think of it as like your manager or someone higher up is promoting you, but I think more of it is on yourself to advocate and promote yourself. Things I like to think about when I'm promoting myself or putting together a case for my promotion is the impact of the work that we do, right? So it's not so much about the volume, but the value and how it's helped your team or helped the client in, in whatever way. So I would say that when it comes to promoting yourself, you can really spin a very small accomplishment to show the true impact that's not always immediately evident. Mm -hmm. I had a colleague or friend, coworker, who said that she put on her promotion case that she had attended all of these like internal training sessions. And I was like, hmm. well, how did you spin that? Right. Because a lot of people attended those. And she was like, it just shows consistency. It shows that I was always there, I was always on time, always engaged and like, I'm making use of the internal resources that people put out for us. And I was like, never really thought about it that way. So I think that just goes to show that it's really about the story that you can tell about an experience or an accomplishment and less about the actual accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I love that. Value over volume. Is that what you said, Hannah? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Value over volume. Yeah. It's all about how you can spin it and like the your perspective on it and how you want to showcase it to everyone else. I also think tactically, when it comes to sharing your accomplishments, another great way that we like to do is just keeping track or making a list of all the things that you did accomplish or help out with. And it's really easy to forget about these small and maybe big milestones that you did reach when you know you were just engulfed in the chaos of things and your everyday work life. So even if it's just like a 30-minute favor that you help with a colleague or reaching out to someone because you remember hearing that they needed help with something and directly to you, all of those individual moments can add up to just build your character and competency at work so that you can build, I don't like saying this, but like you can build your brand <laughs> at mm -hmm. work. I was just going to say, it's like building a reputation of being somebody that others can rely on. You're not, mm -hmm. you know, hesitant to pick up the work for somebody if it means that everyone gets something done on time and better. Yeah. I want to add to what you said, Heidi, about writing everything down. You know, I, I think about how I would talk about that experience if I had to make a case for my promotion. So I think it helps me not only keep track of the time and the hours I put into my projects and my work, it also helps with my mood because I'm almost, I'm like placing a purpose on those long work days. It's like not just to get the work done, but I'm also suffering for a future cause, AKA that promotion that we're all looking for. <laughs> suffering in the moment but also a very nice forward thinking approach <laughs> yeah suffering for development suffering for development it's like future hannah will think present hannah even though present hannah is suffering <laughs> exactly makes me feel less bad about working well, a lot exactly yeah on the other <laughs> other hand in your organization it's also helpful to know how a promotion is earned even if it's your first week or your first three months. I don't think it's ever too early to at least have a discussion with your manager regarding your personal roadmap, how 
the organization sees a roadmap and how things are decided because you can easily get wrapped into work and then six months flow by fly by and then before you know it it start for you it's the point to where you need to prove or like have evidence but if you haven't documented it throughout the your journey or the months that you've already put in it can be really hard to like then trace back so just start early at least be aware of how it works and then you can kind of work your way back start early and also communicate your intentions to your manager or director or supervisor so that they also have time to prepare because I think sometimes when we think about our own career progression like we're so aware of it because we're in our heads all day and we think about it all the time but it's not always apparent to the people around us that this is something that we want and are working towards. So I'd add communication to that. As Hannah had said, just make sure the information is there. And I think it just makes it more transparent and equitable because then it's, you're really comparing apples to apples versus no one's comparing the fruits then. And everyone's Mm -hmm. how is, how is merit being, being evaluated? It's also beneficial to think about your relationships at work. Which ones can you strengthen and who are the people you can absolutely trust and will actually vouch for you when you're not in the room? Rather than thinking or having transactional relationships, going approaching it as if, oh, what is this person going to be able to provide for me? Start from a place where it can be mutually beneficial um, and make it more transformational for both parties because then you're starting with the more like a stronger foundation. So then later on, when you actually do need one another's help or someone to like give their recommendation or reference for you, you have that already instead of trying to scounder um, within a short time frame. Yes, agreed. And another piece about the transactional relationships, especially if the relationship is between myself and somebody who's a higher level than me, it's easy for me to always look to them for advice and wisdom and knowledge. And to me, that is like a very transactional one because I'm always asking them like, what do I do in this scenario? Like, what would you do? So I'd, my advice would be not be afraid to offer your own opinion because even though we are different levels of experience and different years of tenure in our roles, like the different perspectives are always valuable. And I I see a lot of people who do value that. I think that's something that we can all do to move that relationship beyond something that's purely transactional and to one where both of you can learn from each other in some way. If you don't have a mentor, I think it's also on you almost to like seek out those relationships or like start forming them. Because in my experience, when we both started, we were assigned a mentor, but then my mentor uh, unfortunately, unfortunately (laughs) left. So I was kind of in this limbo of like, oh my gosh, like who would I actually go to for the dumb questions? And it wasn't until I I asked for one until another one kind of stepped in, but then that was also never really fruitful. So have those higher up and also lateral relationships where you can just bounce ideas off of. I know even just like discussing with you, Hannah, it's also very beneficial when we like discuss with like, not like-minded, but um, the same cohort that we started with, we can um, Mm -hmm. learn a lot from each other because we all hear different things and we also see different things around the organization. So you don't know what you know until you share those ideas and you ask those questions. I like what you said about having a balance between 
the lateral relationships and like what what would the other one be called like the vertical vertical. (laughs) the vertical relationships yeah like if I think about it too much of either direction I'm not gonna say it's not good but it's not as impactful as it would be if you had like a good mix of both because that lateral relationship builds like the camaraderie and Mm -hmm. like support for each other and then vertical gives you insight into the next level up and like basically executive support at that at that point Mm -hmm. they will always say yes and I don't know it just leaves them with like this feeling of I'm able to share some knowledge with this junior person and me as a junior person I get to learn things that I normally wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to intentionally making space for that I think in the first few months everyone around us was like, yeah, like find coffee chats or reach out to so-and-so. But then now when we're so busy, I'm like, wow, I, I, I don't make the effort. Like I'm, I'm guilty as charged because when there is a blank moment in our calendars, like oh, finally we can like relax or like do focus work. But to your point, Hannah, it's like, I think it's very important to continue reaching out and learning. Otherwise, I think you just miss out on a lot of, um, a lot of things that you could have learned if you just take take the initiative to just schedule that half hour every other week or like once a month, learn something new once a month. Yeah, I feel like some people are not going to like what I have to say next, but I do think <laughs> remote work is makes it a lot more difficult to have those mm-hmm. quote unquote water cooler conversations, you know, because yep. you, you don't need you don't see anyone, you don't have to talk to anyone. But if you're in the office, like you're inevitably going to bump into somebody and learn about what they're working on so yeah I mean if you got to go into the office to to build that network go in a few times a week Mm -hmm. but I will admit that working remotely makes it a lot harder and you have to take more initiative in doing that along that note other I think other ideas where you can show interest or drive to learn things or even just be active in your extracurriculars or what you call it like business resource groups that your company might have and if you are an active member or even just someone that tunes in that also shows um what does it show shows one you care for the community but two like you can find other pockets of support groups and what you're interested Mm -hmm. in or what you identify with I think that's also important to have those relationships at work um I know and also another opportunity is if if you know a career fair is happening at your school or like other universities it's always nice to have those one-on-one conversations with students and like that almost reignites the flame for me as to like why I chose the organization or like why the work we do is important to a certain extent have you been to a career fair where you like help to recruit I think you have I've only the, the virtual one at my alma mater but they did go in person this year which is oh, nice oh and you didn't attend that one I couldn't because I what was it I think that was when I was in San Francisco gotcha yeah I think yeah. my corporate bucket list is to <laughs> go to a career fair I realized about myself that I really like talking to like new hires and cute. new graduates I'm like mm-hmm. it's so nice like they're very refreshing Gen Z and I know we're part of Gen Z but we're on like the older end of Gen Z, but Gen mm. Z is like a breath of fresh air to me. Yeah. They're, yeah. 
they got it going on for them. <laughs> They're very like unapologetic and like set very clear boundaries. And I'm like, I like I love it. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I see? I, I saw on a TikTok of was it a TikTok or a video on Instagram where it showed a Gen Z trying to take off work versus a millennial. A millennial would be like, hey, sorry, like next week I'm going to take PTO. Um, this is what needs to be done, blah, blah, blah. And then Gen Z is like, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking off next week. Like, it was just like, mm-hmm. wow, so nice. We don't, not even an apology because there shouldn't be an apology for taking PTO. No, not at all. And I've said this to several people, lots of people actually, but I am really excited to see how Gen Z transforms the corporate workplace mm-hmm. in like 20 years. Yeah. Um, when, hopefully when the for the better. Gone. I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kidding. kidding, kidding. <laughs> uh, this is all a joke for legal purposes. For legal. All right, Heidi. So we talked about some ways that we can promote ourselves and just make our accomplishments more well-known. Mm-hmm. If we look internally, I feel like there's a lot of like internal struggles that I've faced during the past six months when we started thinking about promotions and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, are there specific mindset shifts that you've experienced that kind of change the way you look at career development and promotions in general? Mm-hmm, for sure. I've always had to remind myself that promoting and advocating for your for yourself doesn't always equate to having to be in the spotlight. I think a lot of times when I see colleagues share openly about their achievements, either on social media or verbally at work, I catch myself thinking, why is she or he so full of themselves? Like, what? it always turns to more of like a cocky sense, mm-hmm. um, but that can vulnerably vulnerably can be coming from an insecure negative perspective and how others promote themselves it's I think it is important to be your biggest advocate because if you don't voice or share what you've done then how how will people know like if you're not saying it obviously no one else is going to continue to speak for you this is something that I'm really guilty of doing or thinking as well like assuming that talking about my accomplishments is like bragging Bragging, or you know Um, And I do think that there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness, Mm. like a very fine line. And the fineness of that line is probably what makes us both hesitant to show (laughs) confidence in our achievements, because I I know that I care too much about what other people think. Mm. And like, that's the thing that stops me from being like, oh, I did this. And I think I did a really great job at it. You know, I feel like it is such a like you said, a fine line. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we care what people, other people think, but maybe that's that's also another trait that we should learn from Gen Z. They don't care what other people think. Well, I don't think they do. They just do it because they just- I don't think they care what other people think. I, I really don't. But <laughs> I think we should all be proud of ourselves. Like yeah. you and I, I, I mean, this is going to turn into a session of us just gassing each other up, but I personally feel like I've come a long way since my previous job when I was like literally too scared to share my screen on WebEx, like sharing screen on WebEx. I had to prep to share my screen. Right. And (laughs) if we compare that to where we are now, like, I think that's a lot to be proud of. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. Like, yeah. Like you said, if we reflect two years ago, definitely a different different feeling like waking up and logging on to work it's just like 
am I really adding value? Like, what am I learning today? Mm-hmm. But now it's, it's challenging work and it's a lot of prep goes into it. I think, like you said, we have come a long way. So I'm proud of you, girl. Big kudos. I'm proud of you too. Another thing, another mindset shift is comparing yourself to others is just not good, you know, because the way you provide or add value doesn't always show up the same as others. Like the way I provide value is not the same as how you provide value. And we should never be comparing the two things on the same spectrum. And a good coworker of ours reminded me of this because even though there may be certain boxes that we need to tick for a promotion or raise or whatever it is, it can actually show up differently and there are unique ways to do so. So instead of thinking like, oh, so-and-so was able to do X, Y, Z, Let's not, let's not think about that because think about how what you've done is impactful and like, what is the value that you are personally contributing? I think comparing yourself also goes beyond like actions and tasks and accomplishments to our inherent personalities. Yeah. Like this is something that I've struggled with at, as a consultant at this current role, because I think we're told that consultants have this persona where they're like very charismatic very outgoing like very hilarious funny charming whatever and I wouldn't put myself into all of those categories right I've had people say that like I exude calm energy Mm. and I remember thinking like that's not the energy I want to exude like I want to (laughs) be you know I want to be like peppy uh, energy yeah like confident Jordan Belford kind of shit like Wolf of Wall Street oh I'm just kidding but yeah like people would say that I give off calm energy and I'm like oh shit that's like I need to work on that I need to like stop doing that but it's just no different ways of doing things yeah you do I don't know I feel like I'm like you know the turtle from finding Nemo like the sea turtle what dude what is it what's up what is I'll have to rewatch it but you are you that what turtle. I'm talking about. I, I know. I feel like I am the turtle sometimes. And I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't work at work. No, but <laughs> you bring up a good point, Hannah, because this also reminds us that if you take a look at the higher up people, there are so many different personalities. Yeah. And that's comforting to me because this means that you can you can be a little more introverted, but you can be intentional on how you communicate with clients or whomever whatever stakeholder and you can still provide quote-unquote value and like make it to the top whatever the heck that means (laughs) so it's yeah I feel like this this persona of like how you should be as a consultant how you should be as a professor like whatever profession you have or career path like just be you there shouldn't be a persona that you should be trying to fill and I think you provide energy with your calm energy that you, you, you probably balance other people's chaotic energy. <laughs> oh my God. This, that's very nice of you to say, but I do feel like I exude chaotic energy sometimes too. I'm just try not to show it. Um, but wait, Heidi, what you said about, you know, looking at the people at the top and seeing that there is a variety of different personalities, like introverts, extroverts, it got me thinking about perhaps a method that you could use to evaluate whether or not you see yourself at a company in the future like if all the people at the top are the same Same. like I would be a little concerned if I saw that and I wasn't fitting that mold I'd be Mm -hmm. like I don't know if I can progress there you know what other mindset shifts you got girl so this one 
uh, I would say this is a mindset shift of taking the title mm. of like consultant, senior consultant director, taking the title off the pedestal in my head. Yeah. So I'll kind of explain the backstory of that. But leading up to this year's promotion, I was I started stressing in January and promotions happened in August. Yeah. So this is like eight months of like stress every other week about, oh my God, am I am I going to make the cut? Are they going to, you know, underlying stress every day? I feel like, yeah, I'm like, am I doing enough to prove that I'm ready for this? Mm-hmm. And so one important mindset shift I experienced was realizing that I put these expectations on myself that if I don't move up in my job, that I would fail at it. Um, and that's, that stressed me out a lot. But then I started to ask myself, like I started having existential thoughts and like debates in my own head. And I was like, what is a promotion really going to do for me? You know, like, yes, it would give me more work. It would make, give me more responsibilities on my project team. And maybe it would give me a better salary. Yeah. And then I was like, but if I don't get the promotion this year, I would still be working on a similar set of projects. I would yeah. still be working. It was, it's not like work stops if you don't get the promotion that you want. Yeah. And this helped me realize that the only thing a promotion really do for me is make me feel validated that I'm doing a good job at work. And so finding out that root cause of like, it's not the money I'm after necessarily, or the more responsibilities. I just want someone to tell me that I'm doing a good job and that I'm not like sucking at everything. I think that made me feel a lot better about the possibility of not getting promoted mm-hmm. because I accepted that even if I don't get the promotion, I can still continue to work towards it and develop myself. If it comes six months later versus yeah. like right now, it's not a huge difference in the grand scheme of things, you know? Absolutely. And we've talked about this before, Hannah, and we we needed that validation because where we're at in our careers, like we switch roles instead of maybe our other peers have, they've already gone through one or like multiple promotions. So it's always that like that star <laughs> where like you want to catch, but in reality, yeah. when you catch it, like, yeah, there's a high for like maybe 30 minutes. And then it's like, kind of like a duh moment because you you have been working your booty off and it's like, yeah, like you deserve it. So to, sometimes in life, it reminds you like we work so hard on some for certain things. But if you don't realize what it is that you actually want to work towards, even if you get it, you're still going to feel empty or like still not feel validated. The day of like the good news, like, oh, you got the promotion, whatever. I was like, yes, like I don't have to stress about this anymore. But the following week, it was like back to business as usual because you're yeah. not doing anything wildly different. You're exactly. just- it's a gradual development of your skills to the point where you barely notice it, I think. Yeah. And I don't know if you feel this way. And I, I told, I think I told you this before, but it's almost now it's this constant perpetual cycle of, okay, now after you get the promotion, now you have to prove that you did deserve the promotion. And it's just like always <laughs> proving that you are competent until your next promotion. And then after you get your next promotion, proving that you can perform at that level so it's like Mm -hmm. oh when is this ever gonna end never (laughs) unless we well maybe maybe this could just be in the corporate world but it's just a perpetual cycle that I think can be very unhealthy if you don't have the right mindset definitely and I do know a couple people like some colleagues and like some family who have turned down multiple promotions because they're like they don't want to be part of that cycle 
Yeah. Like they found a, a role a and a salary that works with their life. And they're like, I'm happy with the balance of my work and life right now. And I am okay to like sacrifice more money because I mm-hmm. like, I just like my life right now. So seeing those examples of people who are not like hungry for hungry. Yeah. Not saying that being hungry or like being part of the rat race is a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I just called it a rat race, but like, it just makes me feel reassured that there's people out there who don't feel the need to constantly rush to the top. Mm-hmm. And they're not lazy at all. No, they're like really smart, intelligent people. Yeah. This just goes back to how how you want your your life to be or your work-life balance. It's or what you define success as. It's different for everyone. Like not everyone wants to be, be a CEO. It doesn't mean they're like you said, lazy. Mm-hmm. But it, but not also, not also, but some people do enjoy that, like having that corporate structure of having to move or promote themselves because maybe that's what drives them. Just acknowledging that. And also just don't, don't link your self-worth to career progression. I think I've struggled with this and still continue to struggle. I, maybe it's because we've both come from an Asian household. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> um, just don't link that together. And it's valid to also recognize that sometimes there are controllables in the equation. You might work your butt off, but all it can take is just like one bad feedback or a comment from a coworker or another little detail that just throws you off. And it's not something that you can entirely control. So just take things with a grain of salt and things will work out for the most part. For the most part, indeed. (laughs) But yeah, I... I think what also helped me to just chill out a little bit in the months leading up to August when when they announced promotions is recognizing that life is not always in your control. And exactly, you know, you have to understand that you did your best up to a certain point and Mm -hmm. whatever happens after that is it's up to the universe, up to up to the lords of the universe. (laughs) exactly I was about to say up to God but not everyone believes in God so it's up to the universe and like that's nothing that we should beat ourselves up over because it's it's literally pointless yeah (laughs) we hope that this episode gave you some ideas on how to properly gas yourself up although promotions are for you to advocate for yourself and showcase your accomplishments they're really not the end all be all So whether you're trying to promote yourself outside of work or in other avenues of life, it's really important to stand up for yourself, be confident, because you're the only person who knows yourself the best.